I remember one time when I was in high school, in year 10, Kings Grove North, we needed to do a subject, a language. And so me, wanting an easy subject, I decided to do Mandarin. Now, I don't speak Mandarin. I can't write Chinese. But I spoke Cantonese at home, so I thought to myself, Mandarin can't be that hard. And so I didn't really go to class. I didn't really study. Got to exam time, and I look at the exam paper, and I just think to myself, what are all these weird symbols? Safe to say, I failed. Failure is a reality in life. Failing a test, failing an assignment, failing to meet a work deadline, failing to keep a promise, failing to please someone, failing to meet up to your own expectations. We all fail at some stage in life. Which leads me to the question that we're going to be exploring today. How can God love me when I fail so much? That's a very good question. The way that we answer this question has profound implications for the way that we live our life. We're going to be looking at why this is a good question first, and then we'll go on to answer the question. It's a very good question for two reasons. And the first reason is that it reminds us that we fail. Please look with me, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 2, if you have your Bibles open. As for you, you are dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Dead people can't make themselves alive again. You can't say to a corpse, get up and expect it to move. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 says that before knowing Jesus, we were dead in transgression and sin because we followed the ways of this world and we followed the rule of Satan. Disobedient, rebellious, not wanting anything to do with God at all. And sadly, many in this world today still do follow the rule of Satan. We fail a lot. We fail because of our sin. Sin is breaking God's law. Sin is saying to God, God, I don't want anything to do with living life your way. I'm happy living life my way. God, I don't care about how I should submit my life to you. I'm happy living as my own God over my own life. Now, all you need to do is turn the TV on to see the consequences of sin, to see the impact of sin in our world, the pain, chaos, suffering as a result of sin. Sin affects everything. It affects our relationships, 
It affects the things that we say. It affects the things that we do. It affects the things that we think. Sin affects everything. And so what do we deserve because of our sin? Please look with me, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. God is a just God. God must punish sin. And what we deserve because of our sin is eternal separation from God and God's judgment. I became a Christian when I was in high school. And having been a Christian for a while now, it's very easy for me to forget how much God hates sin. I'm not a murderer. I'm not a compulsive liar. At least I don't think I am. I don't steal. I'm a pretty good person. And so what we do is we compare ourselves to people worse than us. And we think, I'm not really that bad. Friends, how many times did Adam and Eve sin before they got kicked out of the Garden of Eden? Once. Now, how many times do you and I sin daily? In answering the question, how can God love me when I fail so much, we need to be upfront and admit, you're right. We do fail. We fail more than we can even begin to comprehend. The reality is that we fail miserably. Romans chapter 3, verse 10 to 12 says that there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Friends, we need to be convinced of how undeserving we are of God's love before we can be utterly blown away by how much God loves us. How can God love me when I fail so much? The first thing that's helpful about this question is it reminds us that we fail. The second thing that's helpful about this question is that it reminds us that God loves us even when we fail. Please look with me, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 to 7. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgression. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. God loved us even when we were unlovable. Even when we deserved death, God gave us life in Christ. That famous verse in the Bible, John 3, 16, 
For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus, the Son of God, the God-man, God in flesh, willingly died on the cross, bore the punishment that we deserve, even when we were dead in sin. And it's all an expression of God's great love for us. In Jesus there is forgiveness, that which we could never earn. God grants us freely in Christ. God loved us even when we did nothing to deserve it. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 9. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. Friends, what do we have to offer to God that he needs from us? We've got nothing. We're like little specks in the grand scheme of this whole universe. And yet God, in his love, in his mercy, in his compassion, he chooses to love us. The very fact that we are breathing at the moment is a testimony to God's great love for us, that even though we have failed, that even though we have sinned, God has not chosen to destroy us. In Jesus, we see the greatest demonstration of God's love. How can God love me when I fail so much? This question is profoundly important. It acknowledges we fail, and it reminds us that God loves us despite our failings. Now let's go on then to answer the question. How can God love me when I fail so much? It's because God's love doesn't depend on me and how much I fail. God loves me because of who he is and what he's done for me in Christ. God loves us not because of who we are and what we've done. He loves us because of who he is and what he's done for us in Christ. My parents have a dog, a small fluffy dog around this big, a Pomeranian, named Bobo. I like dogs. I've never owned a cat before. A dog says of its master, you pet me, you feed me, you shelter me, you love me. You must be God. A cat says, you pet me, you feed me, you shelter me, you love me. I must be God. No offense to cat lovers. Friends, God loves us not because we are God. God loves us because he is God. We are not at the center of the universe. God is at the center of the universe. God isn't desperate for our affection. He doesn't need us. But in his love, mercy, grace, compassion, 
He chooses to enter into a relationship with us so that we can glorify him and enjoy him forever. Please look with me. Verses will be up on the screen as well. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5 to 6. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ to the praise of his glorious grace. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11 to 12. In him we were chosen in order that we who were first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. God loves us because he's a gracious God. He's a merciful God. He's a loving God. He's a compassionate God. God loves us because it's in his character to love. He is worthy of all glory, honor, power, and praise. And through Jesus Christ, God adopts us into his family and welcomes us, honors us at his royal banquet. So how can God love me when I fail so much? Because God's love doesn't depend on me and what I do. God loves us because of who he is and what he's done for us in Christ. <clears throat> but I think that there's something more serious going on behind this question. And that's the false belief that God can't love me because I've failed so much. Some of you in this room, I'm sure, might be feeling really unlovable at the moment. Maybe it's addiction or secret sin. Alcohol, drugs, pornography, gambling. Maybe it's a standard of righteousness that you've set for yourself and you feel you're not meeting it. And so you've convinced yourself, sadly, God can't love me because I failed so much. And with that, there's the great heavy burden of guilt and shame that you carry. King David, in the Old Testament, committed adultery with Bathsheba, went on to get her husband, Uriah, murdered. Just imagine the guilt that David would have felt when Nathan the prophet confronted him. David failed. Did God love David any less? No. The apostle Peter walked around with Jesus for three whole years got to see Jesus' miracles and teaching up front, close, in person. When it got to crunch time, when Jesus needed his friends the most, Peter denied Jesus three times. Just imagine the shame that Peter would have felt when Jesus looked him in the eyes. Peter failed. Did Jesus love Peter any less? No. 
What about ourselves? Anger, pride, greed, lust, envy, feelings of guilt and shame. We fail. Does God love us any less? No. All we have to do is look to Jesus to see the greatest demonstration of God's love. Friends, you don't need to carry the burden and weight of guilt and shame on yourself. And you shouldn't. Jesus deals with our guilt on the cross as he takes the punishment that we deserve. And not only that, Jesus bears our shame so that we don't need to bear it any longer. After the sermon today, we'll be celebrating the Lord's Supper together. What a great reminder of God's love for us. The breaking of bread, Jesus' body broken for us. The drinking of the cup, Jesus' blood shed for us. Friends, it doesn't matter what you've done. God promises forgiveness of all sins, past, present, and future, when you put your trust in Jesus Christ. Romans 8 tells us that nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And so remember, God loves you, not because of who you are and what you've done, God loves you because of who he is and what he's done for us in Christ Jesus. Does that mean we just go on sinning so that grace and love may abound? By no means. No, of course not. When we trust in Jesus, we've died to sin. And so how can we live in it any longer? God's love compels us to keep on repenting and keep on believing in the name of Jesus. God's love brings about transformation. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. I once was a failure, but now I am a child of God. Some of us in this room have sadly grown up with parents whom we could never please, and we always felt like a failure. Is that how it is with God? Does God see us as failures whom he's willing to put up with? Friends, no, of course not. In Christ, God loves us as a loving Heavenly Father. Jesus' blood washes away our sin. And so if you're a Christian today, if you trust in Jesus, your identity isn't found in what you do. Your identity is found in Christ Jesus. And because of that, God doesn't see you as a failure. You're a child of God. And you have royalty running through your veins. 
Sin will make you doubt your salvation. Sin will make you doubt whether you're genuinely a Christian. And so if you're wrestling with sin, if you're struggling with sin at the moment, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. In Jesus, there is freedom from slavery to sin. Now, we'll always have sin in this life. But the more we set our sight on Jesus, the more we'll be conformed to the likeness of Christ and the more we'll hate sin and rid ourselves of it. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 says that we were once in darkness, but now we are the light of the Lord. So live as children of the light. If you're feeling trapped, drowning, and addicted to sin at the moment, expose it to the light. Confess your sin to Jesus and tell a trusted brother or sister in Christ who will be able to point you to Jesus. If you're a male, I exhort you to tell a godly brother. If you're a female, a godly sister. It will be hard telling someone. But as a church, we're here to love one another and point each other to Jesus. So keep looking to Jesus. Jesus saves. Jesus brings cleansing. In Jesus, we see the greatest demonstration of God's love. When I was in high school, year 12, I remember a time when I was heavily burdened by sin. I just couldn't understand why God would love me. I was in a cycle of sin, repentance, sin, repentance, sin, repentance, on and on and on. And I remember meeting up with one of my mentors at the time. And I broke down crying. I'm a crybaby, so I broke down. I broke down crying because I was overwhelmed by sin. And I asked him, why would God love a wicked, wretched sinner like me? I couldn't comprehend God's love, and I felt like a failure. And he shared with me Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 to 19. I pray that out of his glorious riches... He may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. He said to me, you're right. You'll never be able to fully understand God's love. You'll never be able to completely comprehend God's love for you. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19, it says God's love surpasses knowledge. And yet Paul still prays that the church would understand it. And through this process, I understood grace. 
that God's love for me doesn't depend on me and what I do, but everything on him and what he has done for me in Christ. God loves us, not because of who we are and what we do. God loves us because of who he is and what he's done for us in Christ. Let's pray. Father, as we contemplate your love, we are overwhelmed and humbled. Why would you choose to love us? What have we got that you need? And yet in your love, mercy, grace, compassion, you choose to love us. As we look to Jesus, we see the greatest demonstration of your love as the blood of Christ cleanses our sin. And we pray that your love will transform us day by day for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.